It's night, and we find ourselves in Los Angeles, California. You see, someone has been murdered, and the only clue we've been given so far tells us that if we want to uncover the truth, we should drive to a place that we would never have considered going. And so, we get into our car and we drive to the edge of the city, on roads we've never used, in a direction we've never before gone. Ahead of us, we see a wooden roadblock with a flashing light that tells us that we should turn around immediately. But we don't. Instead, we speed up, faster and faster, until eventually we find ourselves smashing right through it. And then, we see it. Everything in front of us, the road, the hills in the distance, even the sky above us, begins to look unreal. Like a drawing. Almost like a blueprint. And then we're struck by the undeniable truth. Our entire life has taken place inside of virtual reality. And if someone shuts off the virtual reality, we get shut off too. That scene is from the 1999 virtual reality crime thriller, The 13th Floor. It's a film that history seems to have largely forgotten, quite possibly due to the fact that it was released the exact same year as the other reality isn't what you think it is movie that kind of stole its thunder called The Matrix. But to be totally fair, The Matrix may not be the only movie we can blame for the 13th floor relegation to being a footnote in cinematic history. The 90s were kind of a crowded time for VR-themed movies. In addition to those two, Hollywood also pumped out movies like Strange Days, Brain Scan, Disclosure, Virtuosity, Johnny Mnemonic, The Lawnmower Man, and of course, Lawnmower Man Part 2. And that's just a small sampling. There's a whole bunch more too. And for the better part of a decade, it seemed as if Hollywood's sole focus was on scaring the pants off of us with this new, terrifying, all-encompassing technology. And then, nothing. Not only did Hollywood stop pumping out all of these VR thrillers, but our love affair with the technology seemed to die out too. It was one of those technologies that, although it seemed cool, it was also ultimately, to me anyway, seemed kind of pointless. Until recently, where VR has made a pretty epic comeback and one that seems poised to keep on growing. Which got us thinking, just how hackable is virtual reality? And once we don the glasses and enter these virtual worlds, could we actually be putting ourselves in very real danger? We're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete, but will it work? Shake hands with danger. I'm Jeff Siskin, and I'm here, as always, with cybersecurity expert Bruce Snell. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Jeff. How are you today? I'm well, and welcome to season three. I'm of, excited. Uh, I'm excited, too. And I'm excited about this episode, Virtual Reality. I have this memory of when I was a kid, and I actually had to, to Google this just now just to see whether this actually happened. <laughs> Do you remember Timothy Leary? The, the yeah. 60s oh, yeah, uh, icon, the, the granddaddy of uh, LSD yep. and probably many other things. I have this memory of Timothy Leary... In a, in a downtown ballroom, holding court with probably three or 400 people in the ballroom, all of whom had paid, you know, 15 bucks to go see him. Sure. And he was sort of waxing poetically about this brand new technology. And it was kind of, I guess, like, 
you know, the modern day digital LSD, virtual reality. Interesting. And, and he, he was kind of just also just going on about all sorts of other stuff. And I remember being a teenager thinking, like, I, I don't really understand what's going on. And then he showed this demo and it was the most unimpressive demo I've ever seen. It looked, like, it looked like Tron. It was just sort of like a wireframe of basically a room, but it didn't really look like a room. It right. just looked like, you know, a box and, and... Vector graphics, probably. I didn't get to try it because there was hundreds of us, but a couple people tried it. And yeah, you could sort of just look around the vector graphics. And, and as I just Googled it, I saw there was a New York Times article. I guess it was he was doing a tour around North America. And his big thing he was going on is that reality is an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but But... You know, it seemed to me that, you know, Lawnmower Man happened, you know, 13th Floor happened, Timothy Leary happened in the 90s. Right. And then really nothing happened in my mind up until a couple of years ago yeah. when these video game systems kind of kicked in. Yeah, I think the real thing that's that's delayed that has been the the graphics, the graphical capabilities, right? The screens are starting to actually get to the point where it, they, they look real. Um, you know, Tron's not going to really get you that engaged for long. <laughs> Or yes. lawnmower man type graphics, and and as part of this episode, not only did we go back to the early '90s to to you know some of the early attempts at VR, but we looked back even farther than that, and we were kind of amazed to find the story of a filmmaker named Morton Heilig, who not only is he a filmmaker, but he's also been credited as the granddaddy of virtual reality. Really, and the 1950s created what was supposed to be the cinema of the future. This awesome looking device that I really desperately want to try or have one in my home called the Sensorama. Wow. And so our story producer, Pedro Mendez, went to investigate the Sensorama and talk to a man who actually experienced the Sensorama. So I want to play that for you now. It's the late 1960s in New York's Times Square. You walk past a penny arcade with games like Pinball and Duck Hunt, and you see a machine that's different from all the others. It has a chair, it has controls, and it has what looks like a hooded mask that you put your face into. Above the machine, a sign slowly spins. On one side, an illustration of a man falling into a swirling vortex. On the other, in rainbow colors, the word Sensorama. A sign on the side reads, See the movies of tomorrow. 3D, wide vision, stereo sound, aromas, wind. Vibrations. You sit down at the sensorama, put a quarter in the slot, place your head into the covered viewer, and you are transported far away from New York. You're riding a sand buggy over the dunes of a desert. The chair beneath you shakes when you hit a bump. You feel the wind blow past your face. You can even smell the exhaust of the car. You know, what was interesting about it was that nobody else really at that time was, was trying to do something that was immersive. That's Howard Rheingold. Howard is a teacher, artist, and writer of a dozen books on social media, the internet, and virtual reality. In the early 1990s, he actually got to try using a sensorama. When I was researching virtual reality, and it turned out that there was a fellow by the name of Morton Heilig in in Los Angeles who had created something he called Sensorama. So I went down there to talk to him and I went to his house and he had um, he had one. Uh, it's a, like an arcade device, uh, you know, a, a large machine that you, you, you kind of stuck your head in uh, that you could experience the sounds and, and, and sights of, uh, 
another world, uh, as if you were removed from this one. Morton Heilig was a filmmaker, and in the 1950s, he became obsessed with creating a type of cinema that could transport viewers into the film. His ideas were so revolutionary, some people even consider him the father of virtual reality. One of the things that, that was very pioneering about him was that he was looking for the fully sensory experience. And that's where the sensorama trumps even today's most advanced VR. Not only did the chair vibrate in unison with what you were seeing on screen, and you'd feel the air rush past your face, most impressively, you could smell your environment. People have been experimenting with smell for a long time, and the, and the problem with smell, of course, is that it's, it's, it's chemical and needs to be dispersed through the air. So, as I remember, he had uh, some uh, liquid scents that could be wafted towards your nose with a, a little fan, and then a little fan to move it out again. And it wasn't just Heilig's work on his sensorama that was pioneering. He also invented the world's first head-mounted display in 1960 that had 3D wide vision viewing with stereo sound. But sadly, Heilig's vision never came to fruition. The sensorama was little more than a novelty until Heilig's death in 1997. An expensive novelty. Not only was the sensorama expensive to design and build, the films it showed required a special kind of camera, which Heilig also invented, all done at his expense. It sunk Heilig into a debt so large, his wife struggled to pay it off after his death. As of now, the only three sensoramas in existence sit in a shed near the Heilig's family home in California. If the family can't sell them to a museum or a collector, their fate might be the scrap pile. So that was story producer Pedro Mendez telling us the story of the sensorama, which seems sort of amazing. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but it, 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 it seems like one of those great technologies way ahead of its time, but kind of changed everything. I hope some, some tech industry guru buys one and puts it in their house just to, you know, maintain it for, for posterity. Because that's just, it's a really cool project. I think so too. So... We're now jumping into to modern times, uh -huh. and I'm going to get on a plane and go to New Haven, Connecticut, to the University of New Haven, okay. where at the Virtual Reality Lab, they have come up with what I, I've been told is a very interesting virtual reality hack that could have some pretty dire consequences. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm sort of flying blind on this one. So... We'll see how it goes. So <laughs> well, good luck, as always. All right. All right. Thank you, Bruce. So we're here at the University of New Haven. I'm going to get you to introduce yourself. Sure. I'm uh, Ibrahim Begili, or also known as Abe Begili. Um, I'm the founder of the research group. And you, sir. No long introduction. I'm Peter Casey, a graduate researcher here at UNH. Okay. And you guys, among other things, I'm guessing, have looked into hacking virtual reality <laughs> yep uh we've been looking at not just hacking but also forensically analyzing virtual reality systems what, what does forensically analyzing mean so uh we anticipate that in the future um there's going to be more crimes that happen in virtual reality but the idea is uh okay if a crime does happen in involving virtual reality 
what evidence can you recover or, or, you know, how can you reconstruct exactly what events took place so that you can prove or disprove something? That's fascinating. And, and so the demo I've flown down here to see, I'm dying to know what it is before you tell me though, I want to know what led you to, to thinking about this kind of stuff. Uh, so we're basically just thinking about what things could possibly go wrong, you know, for someone that's in VR. Uh, specifically things that are related to immersion, you know, so like, what can we take advantage of given that someone's completely, their eyesight's completely concealed? Um, what kinds of things might they be vulnerable to? Maybe like obstacles in the room or stuff like that. And like, what kind of uh, privacy, you know, issues or security issues might also go along with these devices? And so what are we going to see today? You know, we don't want to let you know. So if you, what do you want to tell him, Peter? Like, uh, I think after this, you might reconsider having one of these just laying around your house. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so you're not going to tell me what's going to happen. Okay, I figured. Okay, well, in, in the next room, there is a VR setup. And I guess, should we go in there and try this thing? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> So I just want to break in here for a moment to give a little context. This whole thing is taking place in the VR lab at the University of New Haven. And I'm getting led into the center room of the lab, which is where they've set up the demo for me. And the room itself is totally empty, except for a very average looking desktop computer, which is set up in the corner. And attached to that computer is a pair of consumer grade VR goggles. I get led over to the computer, which is where Peter begins explaining the hacking scenario. The start of the scenario would be your computer has been compromised in one way or another. So you've infected this with some kind of virus? Yeah, they could have clicked on, say, you know, a bad email, you know, phishing scheme. So all we need to know for the purpose of this is somehow you've infected this desktop. That's correct. Okay. So now if we go over to, let's say, my attacking workstation, all of it can be done remotely. So what I'm going to do here is execute uh, the payload that I have on the machine. And now I should actually have a connection. Yes. All right. And then. So hold on. So you you by infecting the computer with some kind of virus, you've now gained control of it somehow. I'm guessing. So what what we built here is basically just like a little command and control interface for interacting with the VR machine. Okay. And what are we what are we doing? Are we going to play? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. So if you could put this on for me, please. Okay. So I have my, the VR headset. I'm just putting it on. I'm in some sort of like virtual medieval world. Uh, and I'm on a castle of some kind. I'm standing on a, a, um, a tower of a castle. And there's a horde of people uh, jumping up and down beside me and a, and a weird outline guy with a flag that says, the horde is threatening your castle. And oh, this is super cool. I can look around. And there's like mountains in the distance and clouds above me. This is awesome. Oh, <laughs> so you have just put up the logo for the uh, Hackable podcast blocking, no matter where I look, it's blocking my view. Oh, this sucks. I was looking at the view. Ah, it's gone. So, so <laughs> thankfully we got rid of it for you, but that sort of scenario there where we take control of your screen, yeah, uh, that could be used for say as ransomware. Okay. Or maybe just, uh, you know, to put up disturbing content or maybe some sort of phishing scheme. You could take my VR gaming system for ransomware. 
That's right. So we can see what you see, and we can control what you see at this point. Okay. So are you are you seeing the hordes of、uh, Vikings? That's correct. Mocking me. Next up, what I'd like to show you is,、yeah. in order to keep you safe, because、yeah. your vision's all completely concealed or encapsulated by the VR machine. Yeah. If you follow the sound of my voice over here, you'll see the blue virtual walls that prevent you from running into to obstacles. Right. Okay. So this is super creepy because you're asking me to walk off of the edge of a medieval tower, which feels, oh my god. So now I'm walking on nothing. Oh, and I see. Okay, I I now see a.、Uh, Kind of like a wireframe grid. So is that that's the physical wall? That's right. So yeah, that's to keep you safe. Ah,、oh, so if I so I do I know not to walk into the that's right the physical grid. Okay, but as you know, we're gonna hack that. Okay, but I'm gonna go back to the safety of the tower because I find that weird. So now, if you were to walk back over there, those boundaries are gone. Oh really? Okay, so I'm gonna. Oh my god! So I'm walking again off the edge of a a turret. Okay. Oh, the boundaries are gone. But hold on. Okay, but the wall, the wall is here. But I could, so you could, I could have just walked into this wall. Okay,、right. <laughs> okay. This is so weird because I, I feel so vulnerable in this beautiful medieval paradise. And now we just invite you to play the game. Okay, so I'm, I'm standing、uh, in the middle of a, a turret. So yeah, I really can't, I can't move around that much. But I can grab this bow, and now I have an arrow. Let me see. Oh my, this is super cool. So using my hands and these controllers. Actually, pull back the arrow. I know what's cool is that the, these controllers actually creak with the bow. Okay, so I'm gonna try and shoot one of these dudes. Oh, that's fun. Okay. So just、uh, make sure you stay on the tower, okay? Yeah. Okay. So I am. Oh, come on. Okay, I keep missing this guy. Let's see if I can get him. Yeah, I got him. And now he, he blew up, and balloons came after. So I, I shoot the balloons. I can. Okay. So now the horde has gone away, and now individual dudes are attacking me, and I can shoot them too. I think. This is awesome, and I'm shooting these dudes, but I am missing them all. Oh, I got his Viking mask off. Okay, there's balloons. Okay, I think I smacked the wall. Okay, hold on, but I'm still I'm in the middle of the tower. Come on! Oh my God, there's three Vikings. Oh no, they're storming the castle. Oh crap! The horde attacked my castle, and they're burning my castle down. All right, you can take it off now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I am on. The complete opposite end of the room. I've probably moved eight feet, nine feet、yep. from where I started, and in the game I was in the middle of the turret the whole time. Yep. Did you feel like you were moving? I felt like I was looking around because I was trying to get all sides of this little turret. But the turret itself feels like it's about three feet wide. So, so this is an attack.、Um, it's the human joystick attack. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the human joystick attack, and.、Uh... I think this is really interesting because of the implications that it has in the future. You know, these VR systems—they're—they're they're becoming wireless. You can just wear them almost everywhere moving forward. Okay.、Um, what? What does it mean to be able to move a person without their knowledge? That's, and and so in theory, if I'm getting where this is going, like you, we're on the first floor of. Your lab,、mm-hmm. um, and because it's the first floor, there's no stairs. But if you can see what's happening out of my VR headset, and you can move me wherever you want, can you like assume that you could send me down a flight of stairs?、Um, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> are, are we going back into the virtual world? Yep. Okay. So what do you see, actually? By the way. Okay. Oh no! I'm now I'm in a. Oh, I'm in a beautiful, like. Glass home 
overlooking the mountains. Oh my God. So now, oh my God, so now you're moving the room around and I'm not moving it. It's moving, you're controlling it. I'm getting super dizzy. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> okay. Let's see how long you can last in there. Oh my God, so you're, is this like I'm on some weird tilt-a-whirl? Uh, ah, okay. I, so the, the entire room is spinning. I'm totally gonna throw up, but I'm not going to. Uh, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting totally dizzy. You're, you're a trooper. This is crazy. Oh my God. Okay, <laughs> okay. So yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally disoriented because it's, oh my God. Okay, so, so it's, it's, it really feels like I'm on a roller coaster going around the room. I'm totally gonna fall over. Oh, so that's what we call the disorientation attack. Okay. So you could just attack my, oh God. Okay. Ah, okay. 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 I think I have to say mercy. I can't soon. believe you still have these. <laughs> I know. Okay. I can, oh, I didn't know that was an option. I'm taking it <laughs> off. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let me ramp it up a little bit for in. No. <laughs> so so using that you could have sent me down. Yeah, so that either just disorient you yeah. or you know, we're playing to the fact that, you know, it maybe if what your eyes are seeing isn't what, you know, your experience your body's experiencing, yeah. that can just make you sick, you know. Yeah. Motion sickness. Wow. So you could just take over my Oh my god. Woo! You could, sorry, I'm a little uh, woozy. You could just take over my machine and, and send it on a virtual roller coaster around whatever room I'm in and send me totally off balance. That's right. I was struggling to stay standing. Yes. So even though you might, you know, subconsciously know there is some, you know, obstacle or something like that yeah. in your room, you know, uh, we might be able to help you find your. <laughs> so yeah, so had you taken me to the edge of the stairs and then taken control like that, I probably would have, you know, just in a staggering moment. <laughs> would have gone over. That's a, yeah, that's a possibility. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and this all would be just done by putting, you know, infecting my computer with a standard virus via a well, phishing email or whatever. I mean, yeah, it could be done via a phishing email. We could put up a legitimate uh, game that people like that they download from the VR app store, let's call it. Um, we also have other ways uh, that we can't talk about of uh, using uh, some weaknesses we found in certain VR systems uh, that we could just literally drop a payload on other people's systems. So there, there's just so many different ways of gaining access to your system. Just to reiterate, like this is all consumer level stuff. Yeah, so so we're very applied researchers at, at the University of New Haven in my lab. Like, you know, you have a lot of universities that focus on, on research that is theoretical or, you know, um, I'm personally, I hate I hate that sort of thing, you know, hate is a strong word, I know I'm a scientist, but theory is important, but I like practice. And in practice, these are real VR systems you can buy right now. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much. I, uh, I, now, I don't want to go back in. <laughs> <laughs>
physical world, uh-huh. being so immersed in something else. Like I, I enjoy going to the movies, but I feel you know very safe because I'm I'm grounded in a chair, right? And I can also look to the left and I can see the person sitting beside me, right? But but, but this, if you look to the left, you're still in that same world. Like I guess there's there's something uh-huh. so vulnerable about virtual reality, and now that I see that it is hackable, it doesn't feel safe. I, I guess that's it. I guess safety is is the 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 issue, right? Because you know, in the demo, they they could have easily led you, you know, out the door of your room and and to the top of the stairs or something, right? And and fallen down the stairs, or you know, let's say that your gaming room is in the middle of a medieval armory and there's swords and things around you, right? Uh, as as they are, right? As, as they are. Um, but it's it's interesting to to think about that as as you know the the possibility of somebody hijacking your reality. So this attack was. Uh, infected on this computer that we were playing mm-hmm. on in, in a fairly standard way. Right. So they, they it would have been you know a a, a phishing email or, or one uh-huh. of the or one of the many many ways one can get a virus on right. a computer or a piece of malware. And so probably I'm predicting what you're about to say. Probably a <laughs> lot of your suggestions are are the standard things. But there is is there anything specific to virtual reality systems that we should keep in mind? when we want to be safe in these very, very vulnerable environments. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like it, it, it adds in a, another level of safety, right? Um, I would actually recommend if, if you're prone to motion sickness, try maybe like a flight sim or something where you're sitting down, right? So oh, you're, that's interesting. you're sitting yeah. in the cockpit of, of, of yeah. something, so you're not actually going to move. But I, I think realistically, when you look at that hack and you look at, you know, how these hacks would come across, they're going to come through your more traditional methods, right? They're going to come through, you know, a phishing email or um, something to basically infect your your PC that you're running this, you know, the, the virtual reality software on. Um, so I think there's a couple things to keep in mind aside from, you know, your standard, making sure that you have, you know, your system completely up to date, making sure that you have your VR software up to date, but also as you start finding the the VR games or or what or add-ons or whatever to download make sure that you're going through reputable places right um you know most of the the VR manufacturers have their suggested games and their list of where you can go and find good VR stuff or there's you know the Steam platform which has a lot of games uh, on there and they have VR that you can buy through there but it again it, it goes back to that make sure that you're getting your software from reputable sources right or from you know not not downloading a cracked VR game because you don't know what could potentially be in there okay so if i have this right uh, mm-hmm. you could sit down which which I wish I had thought of that. I could have just sat down. They didn't offer me a chair, which is maybe when you do it in person with the evil hackers it makes it easier for them. Um, but I guess I guess the big takeaway is is just to be be on alert and obviously not you don't have to be over paranoid, but uh-huh. but but be on alert that this is the same as as anything else. And if you're downloading something, you know, know where you're downloading it from. Mm-hmm. Don't download crack stuff find a reputable source and make sure that your system is up to date. Right. Right. Absolutely. Do you have a VR system? I don't have time right now to go yeah. down that no, hole. I'm with you, but having tried this at, at the university of new Haven, I, I'm definitely intrigued. Like it feels like something I would enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, there's this, there's a great game that I play called elite. It's basically a, a space 
trading and fighting game, right? Where you're flying around and you're through the galaxy in your, in your spaceship. And they do have a VR component to that. And it's really tempting. That's the one that's all, I think that that's going to push me over the edge into buying a VR headset is, is, is yes. playing that game. Excellent. And then we won't see you for a long time. No, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> all right, Bruce, thank you so much. I appreciate this. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure. I'm Jeff Siskin, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. We know that sometimes the hacks we do on this podcast can be pretty visual things. So with that in mind, if you are curious about what today's hack looked like, and in particular the section when the researchers were doing this disorientation attack on me, the one that made me feel like I was going to fall down and pass out, and probably also puke, well, now you can. We put up a video of this moment of the hack in all of its glory on our website, and you can find that at hackablepodcast.com. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>